Now let's quickly talk about some brands that power this podcast. And first and foremost is On. Um, On was born in the Swiss Alps with one goal, to revolutionize the sensation of running. And it's all based on one radical idea, soft landings followed by explosive takeoffs, or as On calls it, running on clouds. I train in the Cloud Stratus, I race in the Cloud X and the Cloud Swift, and I rock the Cloud Novas as my casual shoe. Um, and if you haven't seen on my social media channels, I'll be participating in the David Goggins 4x4x48 challenge, meaning four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Uh, this is going to be on March 5th through the 7th, and I'll be running in and wearing on apparel for the whole time. So um, I, I'm obviously a huge fan of it. I've loved it for years, and... I'm a part of the On Run crew, so if you're thinking about trying any On products, please hit me up before you click that buy button. Wink, wink, wink if you catch my drift. Um, I also want to talk about RubCorp Distribution. It's a company a close friend of mine helps to run, and they make a really cool product. Uh, they provide rubber surfacing solutions from pool and patio decks to sport courts, gym floors, locker rooms, kid play areas, assisted living spaces, industrial surfacing, kitchen workspaces, and even equine, equine surfacing for trailers and stables. Uh, Rubcord's patented sports performance surfaces have also helped my training personally because I have it under my bike for every one of my rides. You'll see on my social media, you know, I, I'm always posting about them. And also uh, for when I'm cross training at home, and it's a good shock absorbing rubber um, that is made out of, and it helps stay, you know, keep you away from those pesky, uh, lingering, nagging injuries. And on top of all this, the unique properties of the rubber make for acoustic absorption and sound dampening, making it a fantastic option for home gym surfaces. And we all know that we're all working out at home. Things have changed. Um, but the poor conductivity of the rubber also allows for ambient surface temperatures. So when it's outside, um, you know, it's not going to be as hot as normal rubber is. So, um, it's used in major casino resorts along the Las Vegas Strip, so that should tell you something right there. And it's naturally antimicrobial and antifungal, so it's make, it makes it a uh, surface of choice for the times. And with all RubCorp surfaces, you get a five-year warranty and unlimited brand and logo design opportunities to set you apart from the rest so you can go ahead and get that goal for the Goldie logo in your house. Just, told them, or just tell them that I sent you. Um, also wanted to talk about raise energy. Um, they're a newer, uh, part of the show here, but as you may or may not know, I can't smell or taste, so I have no idea how it is, but it jacks me up and that's what it's all about. Right. Um, it doesn't give me a crash like any other energy drinks I've tried. I just ordered the broken arrow. So I'm really excited to get into that pre-workout. And uh, it really is perfect for anyone at any time, except maybe before bed. I wouldn't suggest that. Uh, but they've become the most popular and best rated energy drink on the market to date with a phenomenal flavor profile that puts most competitors to shame. Powered by the enhanced refresh technology, Ray's Energy delivers with a performance enhancing energy drink profile that aids in the most often overlooked categories. They want to develop an energy drink that aids in multiple different categories, which include, but is not limited to, uh, targeted focused, enhanced recovery time as glycogen becomes depleted, improved clean energy levels, a boost in stamina and hydration, and most importantly, each can of Ray's Energy has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, and zero carbohydrates to give you a smarter and healthier option. And if you would like to try it out yourself, Use the code GOLDY, that's G-O-L-D-Y, for 30% off. It's almost a third. Let's go. And lastly, 
This episode is also powered by Poddex. I use these on every show. It's a great way to get to know the person that you're interviewing. And I just recently added the what the heck and would you rather decks, which are a lot of fun. And if you're new to the show, pod decks are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you are a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check it out. It's poddex.com. That's P-O-D-D-E-C-K-S.com. Use the code GO for the Goldie, just like the handle on all my social media channels, uh, for 10% off your first order. All right, we're through through the uh, through the, pa- the 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 powered by company reads here. So thanks for listening, and here we go with the show. Enjoy. We got a good one for you today, folks. Today I'm interviewing the extremely talented and charismatic Brian Charles Johnson about his experiences in his professional acting career. Um, from Broadway to TV to film and all the fun experiences he's had in between. He's had a really, really cool and intriguing ride, and he is far from over. So give it up for Brian B to the Charles Johnson. Get ready. To get inspired, this this is the Go for the Goldie podcast. Hey there, it's a rare Thursday edition of the podcast on Thursday, February 11th, 2021, and for good reason. We have a rare talent on the show today. He's my first actor slash entertainer on the show, and has appeared in productions such as American Idiot and Spring Awakening on Broadway, films like Wolf of Wall Street and Admission on the big screen and Law & Order SVU in Gotham on your television screens. It's the only, the one and only, B to the Brian Charles Johnson. Welcome aboard, (laughs) sir. How are you? What's up, man? I'm good. How are you? Oh, thanks for coming on, man. You are, I'm very excited to have you on today. Same. Excited to be here. Well, you should be, because I'm a big deal. (laughs) Damn straight. (laughs) Um, So, kind of my thing, what I do here is on... When I produce the podcast, I put um, the backdrop for different categories. So as you're scrolling through my podcast, you can see, mm-hmm. oh, this guy's an athlete or this girl, you know, is a Twitch streamer or whatever. So right. you're the first actor slash entertainer, uh, you know, yeah. in the, from that world I've had on musicians. So uh, I decided to go with blue. So if you notice the lights behind me are blue, too. I like too. the blue, man. I got this curtain behind me as blue. You can't see it because I'm in outer space. But, yeah, that works. That works. I mean, yeah. you're out there, baby, and you're loving every hey, minute of it. Out of this world. <laughs> So we'll get started here by saying, um, just you know, I always like to have you introduce yourself. You know, just a little blip about you and you know what you do. Yeah, I'm uh, Brian Charles Johnson, or if you're in the Buffalo city limits, uh, I'm BJ. Um, I am an actor, singer, uh, entertainer of sorts. I've been in a couple Broadway shows, Spring Awakening, and American Idiot, in the original cast of those. Um, I have had roles in TV, such as Gotham and Law and Order SVU, like you've said, and I've done some films, so I've done a little bit of, of everything, and uh, now I'm living in a pandemic, so are you? <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> a year later. You could have played this last year and it would say the same yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, so it's pretty wild, man. I mean, I it, it's I've had people on here that I I didn't know that I'm talking to really for the first time, and you know, some right. casual friends. But for someone like you, who we've grown up together, I mean, we met probably when I was in ninth grade. You were probably in tenth. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and. Um, it's just wild to have seen your success and what you've been able to do. So, um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think when I first, I was pretty intimidated by you at first because you were so freaking good at music. Um, I mean, you were playing, if anyone has ever tried playing music, they know brass instruments are pretty, It's it, they're pretty weird because it's all about, you know, your omniture, right? The shape of your mouth. And then yeah. you want to take it a step further. The French horn is just this bizarre, <laughs> like, it's an instrument that is really difficult to play. And you were right. incredible at it. I mean, you probably yeah. could have made a career out of the French horn if you I, wanted to, right? Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I always, I, so I played that instrument in fourth grade and on. Uh, because I originally wanted to be a drummer and I'll never forget, like I remember my mom like showing me before you had to make the decision like this book that just had all sorts of random instruments in them and I was like drums drums that's what I want to do she's like Brian why don't you take a look at this one and it was like you know this circular yeah like what the hell is this thing yeah circled around itself and I'm like what is that it's like a French horn um, and I'm like okay I want to play the drums like well you'll have more opportunities if you play the French horn start early because then you'll get really good and no one will be as good as you know so Mm -hmm. I was like damn that's I'm thinking about that now I'm like good idea smart glad I didn't uh, do the drumming thing I guess Um, but I yeah I did that since fourth grade where they had to like borrow a French horn from the high school because no elementary school ever has a French horn right yeah yeah (laughs) uh, yeah, and Mrs. Probonix, uh was the music teacher there, and she actually played French horn. So I would take my let because no one else played French horn. They had or she opted to take lessons with me in school. Like anytime I had a lesson, she would sit next to me and play with me too. And oh, that's like, cool. In the orchestra with me too, so it wasn't just like me by myself. Right. But definitely helped in you know at least being more comfortable. But um, then I did it through, yeah, uh, middle school, high school, trained with this uh, fella named Dwayne Setbite, who was in the Buffalo Philharmonic, and uh, and then once I hit college, like I decided to go the take. It's basically, you know, you got to do one or the other, and right. I chose the singing route and acting side of things. Um, and yeah, I do regret. I wish. I wish I. I can't just pick it up anymore. I mean. That's the thing with brass instruments, right? With the embouchure, it's like mm-hmm. you don't realize how crazy hard that is to acquire because you've been doing it all day, like every week since you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Of course, you naturally think you have that, but once you like stop doing it for a while, it's so hard. I felt like that. <laughs> um, I felt like for the first time in my life, I felt like one of those people that was like. You know, you hear these these jamokes who are like, you know, I oh, I was the star of the football team in high school, and then you go to watch him throw yeah. a football, and he throws it. You know, looks like he's never thrown a football before. So I don't know if you can see behind <laughs> me the uh, the trombone. I I, um, I I I am getting back into it, and um, I I tell yeah, my friends great. I was like back in the day, man, I was really good at the trombone. I want to get back into it, and I tried to play something. It's like <laughs> I sound like an idiot. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> and like, I tried sure to were. do it like pick up because my friend was um 
covering this like Neil Young song or something that has uh, like iconic French horn solo in it. Uh-huh. And so he's like, can you learn to do that in, like by next week? And I'm like, sure, yeah, of course. And I went to go practice, and I'm like, oh my What the God, hell? I, yeah. I am a shell of myself. Yeah, and that's uh, – so one of my goals is to get back into it. You, you've been an inspiration, to, honestly, um, for, for me to do this. But um, what you and Stephanie are doing um, with your videos and, you know, singing together and doing duets. Yeah. Um, I actually yeah. just bought Jenny a violin, and um, we're going to take piano music, and I'm going to play the bass, and she's going to play the treble. And we're going to yeah. kind of make a unique little duet of different songs and produce, awesome. you know, music videos. But you were a big inspiration for that. Seeing you guys do that was really cool and – um, you bond by doing that quite a bit, you know. I can imagine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you either you either bond or you fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the two. Hopefully, it's a happy marriage of both. But, uh, well, you yeah. seem pretty happy. Yeah, if you guys were fighting, it'd be no, like, was, yeah, no violence yeah. for you, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, it's great. It's great. So yeah, I'm glad we got to do that. Yeah, that's it's uh, and you no, know, it's cool too, man. Is uh, I I didn't know that story about you about wanting to play drums because that. Um, yeah, I so I I always wanted to play and the deal was like do this do the french horn and then like if you still want to later like we can do drums on the side so i was like so i think it was maybe middle school that i finally uh cashed in that that uh response and so i did some like lessons with my um my trumpet teacher because i wanted to be at least cooler than regular band and be in the stage band yeah in middle school so i picked up uh trumpet which was pretty easy because a lot of the fingerings are really similar to mm-hmm. the french horn um the mouthpiece is pretty had, similar too right well the mouthpiece so it's it's a little wider it's probably somewhere probably like the middle point between french horn and trombone uh but they actually custom made a mouthpiece so that i didn't have to change my french horn embouchure oh that's cool play it so so my my like my mouthpiece for the trumpet is this huge like circle and then there's like a little opening in the instead of the normal like probably double that amount or something so that actually helped a lot and it's a little kind of uh life hack for a trumpet player (laughs) being able to play higher yeah um that's wild i didn't know that that's cool yeah i mean it's harder to get that embouchure for it but once you have it you can hit notes higher than the average band (laughs) So in addition to like, and me and you, I think kind of developed a relationship in high school because we were in all the music groups. You know, I, I didn't have the singing side of things, so I was never on that side of the, that world. But, um, you know, between, you know, like band and jazz band and wind ensemble and all that kind of stuff, yeah. uh, pit orchestra, all that kind of, you That's know, right. like me and you were basically like. Oh, you know, and, and wreaking havoc, we'll be honest, on the band right. directors. Good orchestra, yeah, and I broke my leg and couldn't be in the musical. I was going to write, um, yeah. I was going to write um, inventor of the trompet in your description, but, you know, that's... <laughs> well, that's technically, that's Marky, I think. <laughs> well, I you, you like, had a hand in it. We, you know, I mean, it was th- a collaborative effort, for <laughs> it sure. Was... Yeah, <laughs> He's the one who played it. The... He's the one who yeah. played it, yeah. Right, right. He successfully played <laughs> So for those of you who don't know, um, in orchestra, I played the trombone, he played the French horn, and our other buddy played the trumpet, and we all sat next to each other, and our orchestra was so bad, we could not play. I mean, you were playing Rocky at one point during a concert, no one noticed. Yeah, it was a whole thing. So she, uh, so we mixed all the trumpet, the trombone, and the French horn together to make one instrument and called it the trompet, and yeah. um, 
yeah so that's where that story comes from yeah, but yeah. moving on moving on so an endearing memory and it, it is an endearing memory um <laughs> so the okay so obviously i mean you had all the talent in the world in height middle school high school so um you know moving on to college what made you decide to like you said you had to make that decision to go from french yeah, horn or um, you know music to kind of vocal type stuff and acting that you wanted to do right uh i get i mean it just came down to thinking about wanting to to pursue something that i that always made me happy mm -hmm. um regardless of what version of it or what you know so anytime i did a play or musical like it was just like the best thing ever and I had such a blast doing it and seemed to get a pretty good response back which mm -hmm. was the best so I I remember um, when you're deciding for what you're gonna major in or at least apply for colleges I had like a talk with my mom and I was just said exactly what I said to you and um, that I think I wanted to to pursue uh, theater um, and acting and uh, I really like believed that it could happen. Um, and you know, some of it was uh, equal parts arrogance and naivety. Uh, but like, I, I, I don't know. I just got like this premonition kind of feeling that that was kind of my path. And um, thankfully, I have very supportive parents that uh, basically were like, "Well, as long as you work as hard as you can to." Um, pursue that, then we'll support you, whatever you want. Um, which was obviously, without that, I wouldn't have been to any of the places I've really been able to be. Yeah, I was gonna say every every time a kid tells their parents they want to go to acting school or you know, yeah, pursue, yeah, <laughs> they know they're gonna well, make it. <laughs> especially especially when you're in a house full of uh, teachers and accountants and uh, physical therapists and. Uh, computer engineer so yeah it's took a, a hard left turn <laughs> yeah right at albuquerque <laughs> <laughs> so so you went to college so you went to nyu out the gate right yeah and yeah. um you did that for i because you just finished your not so, just but you finished yes. your degree later so so i did three years and while i was in my junior year um training at the atlantic theater company because they put you in a certain uh, theater, there's there's a bunch of different theater companies you can train under, and during your um, intake interview and audition, because you have to audition for this too. It's a separate part of applying for college as a theater major. Is you have to physically like audition and make it into the program. Similar to like um, um, like music, right? Like, don't you do that? Right. With, yeah. With any music, sort of yeah. performance uh, based thing. I'm I'm guessing you probably have to do that on top of all the paperwork and and uh, essays and stuff, but. Um, the well, last where I was going. What, what was it? <laughs> uh, so you did three years at NYU, and then oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So so three years, and then during my junior year, um, the Atlantic Theater Company was putting on a production of Spring Awakening, which is a new show based on a play that was written in 1891, and uh, they thought like it, they knew that they wanted young kids for the production, so they were like, wouldn't it be great if uh, one of our students could possibly make it through and be cast. Um, and so they kind of threw me in. And just to be clear, you know, this is because Spring Awakening is a 
popular Broadway musical and people now know it of it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now it is. Right. To put right. it in perspective, it didn't exist on Broadway at the yeah. time that you're talking right now. Like you're an right. original cast member of or potential. Right. I mean, when I when I got the audition or the call about the audition for it, um, I my only context for it was I actually had to do uh, a, a project on or, or an essay on the play that because they my in my freshman year it was in uh, intro to theater studies ITS um, we they were putting on a production at the the school so we had to like do the project before and then we all saw the production um, and it was super weird man like <laughs> really weird and like sexual and I I don't know the the play version. It was I mean the production was great, like for what it was. I just like did not get down with that script <laughs> very much. And so when I heard, oh, we're gonna set this show to music, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. How is that gonna work? <laughs> and then I read the script that Steven Sater um, wrote that before the other, and I was just like, oh, this is a lot clearer. Like he just kind of plugged in a lot of holes for me with his, um, you know his attention to detail and, and just his descriptive script. And, uh, and that made a lot. And once I read, I was like, Oh, this is actually, I think could be really good. And then I, I, I auditioned with, uh, Lady Madonna was my, because they wanted a Beatles esque song. So I had sung a bunch of Beatles with my dad. So I liked Lady Madonna went with that and like That's cool. a month of month of callbacks and it was crazy. I didn't even realize I was like what I was auditioning for, like the grand uh, scale of what I was auditioning for, because I was so ingrained as a student um, at the Atlantic and at all of these theater companies that are training people. They really don't want kids to be in anything yeah. other than like the student productions and do like the way they put it was like if you're a tennis uh, pro or like a tennis prodigy and you're really good. In high school and you want to like become a professional you start your training but you don't do tournaments until you're done with your training or else you'll just go back to your bad habits oh that's interesting i've never heard of a <clears> phrase is, like yeah that which before. was like a really i mean i don't know why they picked tennis but that was a very descriptive thing I, I that clicked for me that i was like oh that makes a lot of sense so i never was like pursuing anything i was just like in my uh studies and then this thing just like came to the doorstep of the theater company I was training under and uh, just happened from there, which is kind of nuts. But That's really crazy. cool, man. And I can only imagine like in the world of, you know, the world that you're existing in at that time, it's, and, and just as it is now, I mean, it's so competitive that you're going to take any opportunities that you can. I mean, it, it, in right. theory, that makes sense. Like make sure that you've perfected your craft until you move on. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I got an opportunity here. And right. so, well, and, they were so there because third year is a lot different than first or second year because like you can first and second like once you choose a theater company you have to train with them for the first and the second year as like a package deal and then your third year you have the option of staying or you can go to any of the other ones if you want to gotcha um which is pretty cool but i loved atlantic so i stayed there and thankfully i did because <laughs> they had the auditions um my third year but uh, but the funny part, the funniest part is like, we had our final callback um, that was supposed to. It was at like, I don't know, three o'clock or something. And I had a uh, final project for sketch comedy class okay. where we all performed 
the best sketches. Um, each one of us like performed our sketch or were in, I was in a bunch of other sketches and stuff. So, uh, but it was supposed to be done before that. So I was like, cool, no problem. And I went in and they're like, great, can you come back at six o'clock? And it was like, there was something like that. It was smack dab, like right when I was supposed to be in the sketch show. <laughs> um, so luckily it was just down the hall from each other. And so I told them, I was like, yeah, I can't come back, but um, I'm supposed to. I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do like this sketch show down the hall um, for my final grade. That's so, so crazy. Uh, can I, like, I don't know what we, they're like, okay, well, how about every time you get off stage, you run down and you check if we need you. This is like a comedy and, routine. Dude, and I swear to God, it, it was crazy because I must have looked so so crazy because a lot of people that were auditioning for it like were not from it like in the theater company there or being taught there they were just literally there to audition and i mean i was running down the hall in different costumes like for, it must have been like who the hell is this cracker jack yeah, yeah. Like, what's, this, what's this deal uh but yeah i was running bad i was in like three different costumes i think by the time i uh i got the audition and i i think I'm pretty positive I auditioned in a throwback Buffalo Braves jersey oh, that was awesome. like two sizes too big for me and because I was playing an imaginary friend that was like a hip-hop connoisseur that's so uh, funny of a kid so I was dressed like that out there that's so, so we actually we got a question here BJ oh, yeah. from uh Bill Esro you know Bill Esro. oh yeah. yeah what's up so he's Maybe watching shout out to Bill uh he said is there any way to watch a recording of Spring Awakening or American Idiot he wasn't able to get to see either of them on Broadway yeah uh I mean there's a ton of stuff on on YouTube I don't know if there's like an official link where they have the full Broadway I mean you check some of the Broadway websites too but I know that there are some unofficial, uh, like full length, at least of Spring Awakening, I'm pretty sure American Idiot as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't have access to like the full stuff or think of any website offhand, but um, yeah, I mean, chat, YouTube's got everything, so. So basically right what you're saying is, Bill, you lost out, you suck, you're not a good person, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> Um, so, so you got, you got, you know, obviously you got the part, you wind up getting the part with spring awakening and then yeah, this was so, just, yep, you know, yep, a life changer like for a you. Month, month through the ring. I got told before like leaving for Christmas break that I got it. And, uh, I was finishing up my junior year, second semester, basically whenever we had rehearsals, I just went to those and Atlantic was very awesome and like helped me keep up with my studies at the same time. Um, and I finished my junior year and then we started off Broadway uh, at the Atlantic Theater did that summer and then we found out before our end that we were um, going to Broadway but not until like December we wouldn't we opened December 10th 2006 so we had like a few months in between um, but yeah that was pretty nuts so I had to take a leave of absence from mm -hmm. school which ended up being seven years and then once i after spring awakening american idiot and i was just doing um film and television uh that those were what i was getting uh so those were pretty sparing and i had a lot of time on my hands so i went back and finished the degree which i'm so glad i did because you know at least it's it's something that shows that you you did put in all that work yep. 
um, and you got like your receipt basically. Uh, and it was something that I used to have like reoccurring dreams where I would always be like in a pop quiz scenario or like everyone else around me is aware that a test is about to be taken except like me <laughs> and I'm so unprepared and I, I had all of that all the time and then when I finished college I haven't had one since so that crazy like that's interesting man i and bill says that he uh he listens to the soundtrack on spotify ever so often yeah and all all the music's definitely on spotify and itunes and stuff too yeah but i do it i so i know i told you that you were kind of a motivating fact not you kind of you were a motivating factor for you know me to get back into the trombone and work with jenny and you know making music together but um you and marky were two people that really encouraged me to finish my degree too and uh, you know that dream that you had I mean I've, I never had a dream like that but I just constantly felt like you know even though we're doing a ton of cool things it just always felt like that degree just was this hanging cloud over my head that right, it was just right. something that you know to, to put all because I, yeah, I had a similar situation in terms of I had gone through a lot of school and then I just sure. stopped because I hate school. Um, but because you went out, so what did you, did you start? You, did you I went over the place. Went to Chapman or I started at Chapman. Chapman before here. Chapman, yeah, yeah. Chapman. yeah. Started Chapman, then UB, and then honestly, right. being home and paying like state tuition just could have been the couldn't have been worse for me because it, distractions. I wasn't mature enough to be paying attention to school, and yeah. I've yeah. never been one to really study hard or go hard in school anyway. So, but it, honestly, you really were one of those people who. Um, motivated me to fit when I once I saw you get your degree and then Marky got his I was like all right I got to get mine like these guys are doing That's it awesome. at, at you know and yeah I, well you know what I've found is that I like enjoyed it so much more yeah going back at a later day and not having to like deal with the regular things you deal with as a co- as an actual college-age student yeah because when you're going to school and that's all you're doing like you're socializing you're you know like that those are the things that's like the big component that you're trying where's where are you you going to hang out well it's the first time you haven't lived at home you know so you're just basically figuring out like life in general i can't be bothered to learn about history or some nonsense i don't care about yeah and what i mean when i went back i was like a it was hilarious because everyone just thought i was in college like no one until like a couple people like asked me a little bit more like everyone just assumed I was their age and in college, which is great. So the baby face was working. Well, incognito, um, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, but the best part was like, you know, you go for the classes that you actually want to take and not that your friends are all in and it's the easiest you heard. So, because that's how I signed yeah. up for a lot of my courses that I didn't care, like that I yeah, exactly. didn't regret it. I was like, all right, how many friends do I have in this one? It was more checking boxes. You it know, was which like, ones are yeah. the easiest? Like, yeah. So, I went back and did like a bunch of different things that I really loved. And then I went home, you know, like mm-hmm. instead of going to hang out with people in class afterwards or whatever, like right. I just had, went for school and then I went back uptown to my apartment. It wasn't like it was Tuesday beer pong nights or whatever. You know? No, right. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to worry about all that. The social aspect. Bill did the same thing. He said he finished his degree in 2019. So team late degree club here. Let's go. That boy, Billy. <laughs> Billy, so, by the way, I'm I'm broadcasting from your old neighborhood uh, in my parents' home. So, you know, shout out to neighbors. Shout out to neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the uh, so you did you know Spring Awakening. Now this were really like obviously you were going to school for it, and you, you, you your sights were set on being a professional actor, or, you yeah. know, musician. But Spring Awakening, I mean, is really 
really exploded for you, right? Like, this is where things changed. Yeah, it was kind of the, the little show that could um, kind of thing. Where I mean, honestly, we, we were all kind of in our own bubble. Like, we knew it was great, but all of us were so young that, like, I mean, ex the exception of a couple people who had done shows before, most of us were newbies. And, I mean, I had no idea what it took to be a Broadway show. This felt like what it what I would think it would feel like, but, like, I had no idea, so we were just all enjoying the ride. And um, we even had, like, our director, Michael Mayer, constantly would be like, Broadway won't get us. They won't get us. And he kept, like, downplaying it so we didn't, like, get our hopes up kind of thing. Um, but then one day they walked in before I run and were like, we're going to Broadway. Well, it's pretty cool, too, because I think you said earlier they wanted a cast of kids. So, you know, with a, with a, with a bunch of young people yeah. like that, they – don't have the experience or any expectations of what right, a Broadway which musical is. I think is, is part of the like that that raw beauty that they were going for and, yeah. and achieved um, by casting people kind of like out of the molds, mm -hmm. um, you know. And and that's that's I think what was so impactful for the performances is everyone was so different but unique, but like like blended well together. And it was just a, a lightning in a bottle. It sounds like. Right, yeah, it really was. Um, and, like, as each thing got added on to the snowball, like, we became a little more aware. But, I mean, the whole time it was just kind of, like, getting to do something amazing every day with really awesome people that are still, like, like we're still all texting each other in a stage. <coughs> um, and, and we're all family because of that. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I think one of the coolest, one of the moments that I realized that you were doing some pretty cool stuff, I mean, not that you, I never doubted you or anything, but <laughs> do you remember when I was, I think I was like 21. I must have been 21 or 22. Uh -huh. And I lived in Carolina at the time, and I met my dad in New York City. And okay. we went to the Yankee game. Yeah. And um, I think you were with, Jay in the outfield and me and my dad were uh, I think like in the first baseline yeah, we were in different yeah. spots and right. I remember we were on the train on the way home and some girl walked up to you and recognized you from the show do you remember I, I this remember and do. she was yeah. like it's my birthday tonight would you want to come <laughs> like if you came that would mean the world to me and I'm like sitting there and I'm like someone in New York City just recognized you from Broadway how cool is that yeah. so yeah that was pretty wild I yeah. mean I like that didn't happen very often, so that was a pretty rare. Uh, you could have told me it happened every day, and I would have believed you. So you blew it. I mean, you know, <laughs> it happened more than once. But, uh, no, I mean, it's always weird in a good way, though. Yeah, that, that was that was such a cool thing to see, like one of your friends yeah. just experiencing it. I'm like, wow! I oh actually, my God. full disclosure, I paid her to be at that stop uh, when we were. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I hope it didn't cost too much for you. <laughs> ah, no, no, no. Good, Joel good, Ray good. Was cheap. So as far as you know, the the show goes. I mean, it won some awards. Like, and you were yeah, an original eight of eleven Tony Awards, if you can believe it. That is ridiculous. So, yeah. Yep. How does so as a as a dum dum like me, like the Tonys? That's like live so or what Tony's is it? Tonys is the Oscars of theater, um, and they we were nominated as a show for eleven awards and took home eight of them including best musical overall which is like the big that's best picture is best musical um so it's the last award of the that's night. incredible <clears throat> and uh we won it and it was pretty awesome yeah it was like not a lot of people thought we a lot of people thought we were too edgy or it was too right 
you know, risque of a show to be able to get that. And then when we got to the award ceremony and it started, because they do like an hour pre-show um, that's not televised, but for the people in, uh, at that time it was Radio City Music Hall. And uh, they, we won a couple awards, like the sound is, or no, sound design wasn't one yet, but it was like lighting and um, score or something like that. And, uh, and then once, so we had already won a couple before it officially started. So we already had a good feeling. And then John Gallagher Jr. won best uh, featured actor. And it just kept like snowballing for the rest of the night. It was amazing. Yeah, wow. It was one of those like, it was one of those things where when it started, I was like, like you're not supposed to be at those things. Yeah. Like, those are those things that you always see on TV. It's like, you know, it's any award show or the Super Bowl or stuff. Like you just always feel like you're you're supposed to be watching other TV. And then when you're there, it's like, whoa, this is nuts. Um, and my my brother and my parents were actually able to be there for it because our producers bought tickets for or gave access to tickets for. That's cool. Um, any family members to to want to come. Well, it goes back to like what we yeah. talked about on your show, the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I yeah. shouldn't be here, even though you should. You obviously right. you should have. So, yeah, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you always know that people are human beings. You know, these celebrities are human beings, but like, at the same time, you never break that uh, that barrier plane that you're like also on the same side of the fence. Right. Um, it seems like they're in a different planet. It's like, eh, they were born right. like this, you know, and right, right, you don't right. see yourself as one of them. But yeah, that's sure. yeah. so you got the so you had that great experience, and then how, let's bridge the gap between you know Spring Awakening and American Idiot. How did that come yeah. about? Uh, so it was actually the same, uh, primarily the, the, a similar creative team, uh, that, uh, the same director, same lighting, uh, designer, same set designer, same sound designer, um, that they all, uh, asked me, uh, well, the director asked me to be in the production. Um, I did a couple workshops of it before, uh, one while I was doing spring awakening okay. uh, in my last year and so that there was probably like a five month hiatus between the two projects for me but um then we uh maybe a little more but then we ended up getting a run out in berkeley um at the berkeley rep theater out in the bay area okay uh and we did that for six months um and then we brought it back to, to Broadway. And before Broadway, we perf- Green Day, uh, which was all they're doing, um, but they wanted us to sing a song with them on the Grammys. Um, so before we left, the after our production and closed, we stayed like another week or a few days or something to record the 21 Guns, our cast version of it. Um, so that we can do it with Billy Joe for the and and Green Day for the uh, Grammys that upcoming year, like a few months later. Oh my god, which is amazing! It was wild. Dude. That was insane. Well, I was gonna say, Center. I think like that. Like, let's just run through. Just take a, a brief second here for for people to understand <laughs> some of the cool opportunities that you've been able to experience because of what you've yeah. done. So that is a once in a lifetime right. yeah, opportunity a, in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. We also, for both shows, we did win the uh, uh, Grammy for both cast albums, which is pretty sweet. So um, the first show you're in, I, mean, when I didn't get one physically, but 
But your first show you're in wins Tonys. Second show you're mm-hmm. in is winning Grammys. I mean, come on, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So you was, got uh, so you, you did that. Um, so you did that recording. You've been on the Rosie O'Donnell, mm-hmm. uh, Sirius XM show at the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, you did that. Um, yeah, you did. I met her on the View when we were doing the View because she loved Spring Awakening, and then she became uh, sweetly infatuated with me. Wait, um, you did the View? <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, the Spring Awakening cast we performed on The View. Uh, yeah, we were actually supposed to be on Rosie's like last show wow. on The View, and then there was like all that controversy stuff went down, and she quit early. That sex and, scandal uh, you were part of? Yeah, I remember you and Rosie. Yeah, yeah that's I remember the one. that. No. It was wild. <laughs> um, so I didn't know that about you though. That's that's awesome that you had that opportunity. Yeah, that's crazy. We did it. I mean, with both shows, like especially during Tony season, you're going to be, you want to promote the show as much as you can. So our producers had us on a bunch of these um, awesome, like ridiculously huge shows like Letterman. I did with both shows. I did a performance um, there. Uh, we were The View. You did halftime at the Giants Stadium, right? We did right? halftime at the first game at MetLife Stadium. Unbelievable. It was the Jets versus the Ravens and the Jets lost. Shocking. Good. That's shocking. Yeah. Go Bills. Uh, but it, that was sweet. We, we uh, rehearsed on the field the night before after one of our shows. Like we all got in a bus, went out to MetLife, rehearsed, and then left. Um, but that was like the coolest thing because nobody was in the stadium. Wow. It was just, there was like just us and bare bones staff there. So that was really sweet. Like one of those buildings that you don't think is ever not humming. And it was yeah. just like peaceful, and you're on 50 yard line. Wow. And then when we ran out for that halftime show, I realized how very, very tiny I am. <laughs> <laughs> my my head was like I felt like a little boy. Like I feel that way every time I reach for the plates in our cabinets. You know. I mean, they were crazy, <laughs> like so big. My head was at their waist. Yeah. That's how big these guys are. I always say that with like with hockey players or soccer players. You know, I worked in Major League Soccer. You, when you're yeah. around these guys, you know, they you're like, wow, oh, they you know, they're just crazy skilled athletes. You know, when a football right. player enters a room, it's like, oh, like it's they stand like, out. They he must play football. And if he doesn't, he is making a grave mistake. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, I always say, like, I don't know how you can like describe like if I stood next to JJ Watt or if I stood next yeah. to I don't know, any of these these players, it's like how can you call me the same thing as him? Like we're both humans, right. I guess, but right. it'll not never really. not look like a big brother type of uh <laughs> yeah exactly situation. exactly yeah. so after so i mean american idiot incredible experience so i might i always and i never actually asked you this but i always mm-hmm. wondered how <clears throat> is it common for actors to transition from you know theater type stuff like you were doing um to include you know film and television in the repertoire as well is it because it seems like it's a different kind of acting i think it should be um because it makes the most sense to me that if you can do live theater then that's the hardest it gets um you have to do from start to finish you have to do a show and you can't stop like you so retake you make a mistake or something goes wrong you have to figure it out and keep the show going because there's people that paid for a ticket out in the audience with film and television, it's like you do a scene at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I found that, I mean, obviously it's not like if you're a theater, uh, you know, 
actor you're going to translate to film and television no problem like obviously each aspect has its own intricacies um that you have to navigate but uh it makes a lot more sense to me to have Broadway actors go to film and television naturally more naturally than film and television going to Broadway because it's like almost in reverse of the amount of work you have to be prepared to do you know um and it's they're just two totally different worlds that uh I'm glad I've gotten to be in pieces of all of them but I would definitely say that Broadway acting is I, I mean there's nothing harder than live theater um so if you do that I think you can do <laughs> so what was the catalyst <laughs> what what made you go from you know theater to tv and act or uh, <clears throat> tv and um, um film I mean I guess just wanted to do everything you know not really limiting myself to one platform I guess like was there like and, someone I because I'm so you know outside your world I you got to talk yeah. to me like, like that Michael Scott you know talk no, to sure, me like yeah. I'm five you know so I mean do you like reach out so to someone that you knew like, how did you do it yeah so yeah I was doing so I had a very rare path of I got spring awakening because of where I was uh, or not because of, but that's how I got the opportunity it was because I was at school at Atlantic Theater Company. Um, you know, most people have to have agents or someone be represented that gets you the audition and then, you know, you show they're they're doing all of that stuff on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have any of that because I was still just in college. So I did a Broadway show, which is pretty rare to do a Broadway show without an agent. Um, but I was able to do it. So when I was on Broadway, someone, one of my cast members uh, mentioned to their agent that I was unrepresented and they kind of came to me and that's how I kind of, I dipped my toe in the agency um, pool. And I went with an agent first because I didn't really know anything. Um, and I just figured, oh, agent, that's the one you want. Manager kind of wasn't sure exactly how that worked yet. So I didn't do that. And um, another cast member's uh, manager kept approaching me like over the course of time. And finally I gave in and had a meeting and decided that the manager actually is the more important aspect because they they handle your like career uh, wide as opposed to just like the next thing, the next Right, they're more, you know, farsighted. Like they're more personal and and all that. But uh, so I, eventually had both an agent and a manager and they um send over the sides which are the parts of the script that you're doing for the audition um the breakdown they get you a specific time that you show up and give you all the information and uh then it's uh you know just luck after that and hopefully they like you and give you the gig what a ride do you think it's easier do you think that you're Obviously, skill-wise, with theater and your acting experience before getting into movie and um, um, TV, do you think that your experience, like, was there any notoriety? Was there any recognition of you? You know, when you went to an audition, they knew who you were, or were you just a a, a faceless? Yeah, yeah, I mean, when I was doing the show, even still, because the show, especially Spring Awakening, kind of stood out and was pretty iconic, um, a lot of people might know me from that in the casting um agency world but Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean when you're doing 
any show that people can come see at that capacity, the I mean, they wouldn't be doing their due diligence if they didn't know who you were while you're doing a show. But you know, after you're out of that, which has you know been years removed now, you find I find some people might know, some people might not, but it really doesn't matter to me. Like I have it on the the resume, they can see it there. But mm -hmm. for me, it's all about what I'm doing in the room at that moment. You know, right, right. Matters to me because that's a thing that's going to give me the job. It's not the credit that oh, I was in. He, he was in this years <clears throat> ago. Like you know, it's that's more cool for like oh, maybe I did. Yeah, I recognize, and that's kind of the power that has. I Other see what you're that, saying. Like, you know, it's it's less about your resume and more about what you're doing in the room. See, to me, that's the most interesting thing, and that's why I really wanted to have. I think that's why I, I wanted you to come on this show because. The whole point of this show is to inspire others to, you know, do their best. And I think too yeah. many people nowadays just, you know, find a job and settle and then just write it out. And, right. for you, I mean, for all the accolades that you have and all the cool things that you've done, I mean, you have to approach – you don't have a guarantee. You know, it's not like you're putting right. into your 401K and, you know, you can cruise until, you know, you retire. I mean, this is right. every project or every – audition that you're going into you have to put a hundred and ten percent into it like it's your first yeah. time you know i mean yeah, is, is that right it is it's exhausting for sure it's like oh i just did this long run and now it's over and then it's like oh like you have to go get another job because no one else is just gonna hand you one you know i mean with the rare circumstance of american idiot for me but that's a different story yeah you don't just get handed out like a lot of i think a lot of people watch entourage and they're like well they send these roles. These actors don't, you know, maybe for a big thing, Vinny Chase will audition, but don't most auditions just, or don't most parts just get, like, given to you? They just give it to you, yeah. <laughs> that works. That works. Yeah, that's, that's inspiring stuff, man. I mean, because you, you really do have to grind your ass off, and I'm sure, I mean, you kind of have to, like... Especially pay bills in New York City while doing it. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's and either either New York or L.A. I mean, right? I mean, right. those are the two spots. Yeah, yeah. And For me not, personally, it's America. Yeah. Neither of them are cheap. <laughs> so yeah. Well, what's cool now is that there, and I didn't realize this until I went to Chicago um, a couple years ago to do an episode of Chicago Fire, uh, that there are a lot of other places that kind of have hubs now. Like Chicago is pretty, like decently in the mix. So, like you can be an actor like a professional actor in, in Chicago. And there's a lot wow. of like, they have a lot of, uh, out of town, like off, a lot of off Broadway stuff might start there, um, at one of the theaters or they had Hamilton, like a special run of Hamilton that would just sit down in Chicago that my buddy was Hamilton in, um, for years. And then they also have like the Chicago, all the Chicago shows now that this is, is this huge compound, um, of sound stages and warehouses and stuff that they do the Chicago PD and Chicago Fire and Chicago Med, but then they also that's kind of like Chicago's Law and Order uh, syndicate uh, mm -hmm. kind of thing where they they have their own compound and where they do everything and uh, and but they've done a lot of like movies have shot there. In Chicago I was gonna say there's probably one of those things where you know if you yeah. have a long running successful operation that you're running, I mean it's yeah. that kind of proves that hey you can do it here. And then yeah. people are always looking for that next big thing. Right. And if and what's know, cool, I mean a lot of things film in New Orleans and Atlanta and even you know Buffalo now too because of a lot of um, 
tax incentives have been approved and passed for a lot of the different states that like basically means if your production films here this is the incentive tax cut that you can have like you won't pay taxes or you won't pay as many taxes mm -hmm. you'll get a pretty big chunk off of that so a lot of producers kind of have jumped all over to and canada is a big toronto and vancouver um so what's kind of cool to see is that i, I mean i don't know how all of those places are to like move there and be an actor like that's probably a totally different thing but um it's pretty cool to see that it's not like just the generic new york la or bust yeah kind of thing you know yeah i remember um when i i was playing football i was working a nine to five and playing football at the time and when they were filming ninja turtles 2 on the 33 is that secret of the ooze or is that a different uh i don't remember what it was but it was uh i had i remember just panicking and freaking out if i was late leaving work because i had to they closed oh, wait, the, you mean not the original not the not original the, I, no no, no, no the, now i'm following you. yeah, yeah I'm they, following you. I, yeah, I think yeah. they filmed number two in well i know they yeah. filmed number two in buffalo like the beginning the opening scene is on yeah, the 33 right, right. and they closed yeah, it yeah. down but it was like at the time i was going to football practice every day downtown <laughs> so i was just yeah. in a mad dash to beat them cutting off the thruway for the ninja turtles movie like on a daily That's basis yeah <laughs> day in the life day in the life I was going to say, too, I kick myself all the time because when I was in New York, one of the two times, one of the three times um, yeah. we came and hung out with you, I think it was like, I think it must have been 14 or 15. And mm -hmm. when we were there, we were like, yo, are there any shows that you think are like worth going to? And I'll never, yeah. you texted me, you're like, yeah, this Hamilton show is like, I think <laughs> like the next big thing. And I was like, eh. <laughs> I didn't go. <laughs> if there's time. And then it if exploded, and I'm like, you yeah. son of a bitch, you Not idiot. Not only did it explode, but then it came to, like, Disney Plus. It's <laughs> the biggest yeah. show ever. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I wish I still had that nailed text. It. Yeah, yeah, nailed you nailed it. it. You nailed it. So next time I will take your advice, I promise. <laughs> yeah, um, That's all I ask. So, I mean, you've so once you transition to uh, TV and um, film – why don't you just give a like a rundown of some of the highlights of you know some of the shows and you mentioned Chicago uh, Fire. I mean, yeah, Chicago Fire was amazing because I got to they they flew me to Chicago, put me up in a wow. nice hotel, and that was really fun. For how long? And it was the uh, for it was only for like a couple days, but then me and Steph because it was around our anniversary, we kind of made it into a little weekend trip where I got there on Wednesday. And then we stayed through Monday or something like that. That's awesome. Um, which was cool. And uh, but I, I mean, one of the coolest experiences was for sure being on Wolf of Wall Street, um, being directed by Martin Scorsese, which is insane to say. That's so wild. Um, just the nicest guy. It's like it's like your friend's grandpa or something. Marty, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like four feet tall it's cute um he's he was amazing though uh and all of those actors that we got to be on set all right i got to be on set for two weeks which was the last two weeks of the whole production um wow which was really cool because it was right around christmas so we did like a week before christmas and then we broke till after new year's and then filmed for the final week and uh and then i got to go to the rap party too which was pretty sweet wow uh, yeah, that was really awesome. That, that was, that was one of those like, oh my god, this is insane right now. Yeah. Like, there was a day 
that because Rob Reiner is also in the movie um, and like Steven Spielberg was just casually visiting the set and I was like if someone bombs this place like we're out three iconic like, <laughs> right <directors."> yeah <laughs> um, this is nuts but uh, that was cool we filmed what a moment they had kind to be of in to seclusion and privacy in Westchester uh, no one knew we were there because we they rented a whole for my scenes we're all in an office so they rented an actual vacant office space um, that was like three floors it was this huge thing that was isolated and surrounded by woods so no one could see and uh, we each instead of uh, trailers or our, our dressing rooms were offices which oh wow <laughs> that's really so we each got like our own office for our, our dressing room which is awesome and holy shit weird, that's you know? cool that was really really fun uh, what else is there Gotham was one of those creepy roles that after I auditioned I was like man I know I'm gonna I'm gonna get this I'm gonna get it's so weird I'm gonna get it and I, for context, you were the one getting like, whipped right I like we, I work, <laughs> yeah I work in a in a like sex shop uh, <laughs> where apparently my character has a safe that has some sort of uh, passcode or something that the uh, the other character needed one of the lead characters and she tricks me into that I I'm showing her the it's like a stockade uh bit like the village idiot, village idiot. yeah yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying <laughs> hands it had through and I'm like oh well it works like this and then she locks me in it and whips me into submission um so that was pretty cool uh <laughs> and um what was Law the show Order. Law Order was the big was a big one for me because that was like my dad loves Law and Order so that's like you're an, and you're an, an actor well, I was going to say, too, to when, anyone, when in Law & Order, I mean, you weren't just – and not, not to take anything away from anything else yeah, you've no, done. I you were a featured part, yeah. Right, yeah. and it was yeah. like you – spoiler alert uh, – you were the bad guy. Like, not the bad guy, but well, you were the turning point. You were the turning point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were the twist. Like, you were the twist in it. Right, right? Yeah, and right. when me right. and Jenny were watching it, we were like, oh, my God, there he is. But he keeps coming back. Oh, he's a part yeah. of it. <laughs> it was really yeah, cool. Yeah, man, that was wild. Yeah, yeah. That was a really fun time. Definitely check off the, the bucket list. So how is um, um how's COVID affected everything with you? I whew. mean, obviously, oh uh, boy, uh, like just well, screeching halt. So I am living in Buffalo at my parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for all that don't know, living the dream. Uh, just we we had you know our lease was up and didn't make sense to be there. So oh yeah, for sure. We're just saving money right now. But um, I mean, yeah, there's no. I mean, especially theater, it's like they're non-existent. Yeah right now and there's no real end in sight uh which is pretty alarming so hopefully they come up with some ways to get people back in and i mean the pandemic is just you can't have large gatherings uh to do these things anymore right now so until that changes like this doesn't seem to change very much but film and television has seemed to pick up um not to the levels that you know was before but it's uh, at least signs of something being done and I've had some auditions come in for um, some film and television or mostly just television stuff uh, recently but you know there's not a whole lot out there right now and and Stephanie is a singer with her band and I mean that's that relies on packed bars and bars Mm -hmm. that want to pay musicians to perform you know so there's there's so much that's that's gotta fall into place before we're all back up and running again which is pretty concerning but yeah. um 
there's a little bit of solidarity in the fact that we're all kind of in a similar same boat mm -hmm. so it's like an odd odd reassurance of we'll get through this together and for those that don't know stephanie is uh bj's fiance she's my fiance my yeah beautiful beautiful fiance. beautiful i can attest she's yeah. she's beautiful um we inside and out get married because of this pandemic <laughs> yeah oh so you're, you're preaching yeah, the choir you're, on you're that too, one right? yeah. yeah we got we got engaged the same year yeah <laughs> our wedding's supposed to be in june but i mean it's like right. and it's not even like I, if it would be much easier to make the decision if they were like no you can't get married or yes is a free-for-all not yeah well you can only have 50 people but it's well, only if they get tested yeah, I mean, and it's like we're, okay. we're kind of in immediate agreement that like i mean a we don't feel the need to like have to rush yeah. and just do it to be married you know right. we definitely both want to have a celebration that we deserve to have so it's yeah like, i think we can wait until the dust settles for especially for the money we dropped on our friends weddings you know right 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 exactly <laughs> they owe yeah, us baby yeah. they owe us <laughs> exactly that's correct that no, that, correct. we're thinking about maybe doing like maybe a small like we want to get married but not have yeah. like it be you know a huge not a huge but like not a venue type thing or like a traditional yeah. it's just kind of like you know parents right and then maybe a year right. afterwards have an anniversary party yeah have I've, that seen, be, I've seen people you know, do that even before the pandemic hit, which is it's pretty works pretty well i mean whatever you want to do i mean it's probably less stressful to break it up and yeah uh, you know Unlike you, I hate being the center of attention. I panic when people yeah, are looking well, at me. I don't really yeah. like it either. I just do it for I, a living. I freak out. I freak out when people like pay attention to me like live. So like a, yeah. a wedding as wonderful and as glorious as getting yeah, married wedding, is, it's like a worst case scenario those, like, for me. <laughs> it's one of those daunting things, right? I, I don't want to be constantly on for my way you know yes and, and you oh. have to be like you're the reason that these people are out there you well the other thing too is like it's one of those things where you know when you're like don't say it don't say it or don't do this don't do this that you you yeah. kind of like force it me and just like don't pass out don't pass out don't pass out yeah. and like i know i'm gonna pass out make a scene right. so I don't... <laughs> well but i think i think the best part is too is that other people you think that everyone is just gonna want to like sit and talk with you for the, but like everyone knows that you can't do that yeah so you're kind of like off the hook a little bit too if you yeah. think about it i look at all the weddings yes, you have to you have to put in your time with everyone but you can like you always have a reason to leave a conversation that's true that's a good you're, point you're the group and i always look at the <laughs> weddings that i was at that i wasn't in and i'm like i never really had like much face time with the bride or the groom i was there to have right. a good time you know well, yeah I, I mean you had if you were in the wedding like you had it all your the you know party moments that you've had at least the rehearsal dinner and things where you had that and then the actual day of the wedding like you just you probably stay as far away from the right the the bride or groom give them the space give them the space after parties yeah yeah um so as far as like you and stephanie like i was talking about you guys singing and yeah. um is there are you guys doing any type of i mean i know you guys are singing together um, yeah it's tough right now to do anything like on video because i i have yeah. set up at this literally only um will fit like one person at a time um, wait a minute you're right you're in space anyway. so you, you should fit yeah it's it's uh it's all a facade it's a, <laughs> what it's a sheet. come on I know. I know i know i wanted to maintain the mystique but wow no i don't even know if the earth is uh, round <laughs> but it's yeah it's one of those things where like right now like once we uh whenever we get to go back to new york and get another apartment mm -hmm. like we want to have a second bedroom that we can set up as just kind of the office thing because this is the uh, 
basically what what normal is now uh, is doing these things um, over Zoom and and other uh, internet platforms and mm -hmm. getting video content out there. So we don't we've souped up as far as our technology stuff and the next uh, the next thing we want to do is just at least have a little bit more space, which then we'll we'll do definitely more videos and stuff right now we've done some like backup vocal things for friends and mm -hmm. recorded them here but not on like video just because uh it's like going back in time being here yeah no i feel you man when i was back home i uh i, I it was it was tough to yeah it's tough it's yeah, tough yeah. I mean, it'll just yeah, tough. We'll, leave know, it at that. we'll just leave it at that. yeah we'll just leave it at that so um and anyone listening um after an if this is your first time listening, what I like to do is put links to all of my guests, uh, whether it be their social media channels, any performances in this case, or, you know, any links that um, are related to you. Um, you know, BJ, after this, you just send me whatever you want me to post and I put it in the show notes. So anyone who listens to the podcast can refer to the notes and, you know, follow you yeah, that we'll way. Yeah, we'll put up the podcast that you were on for, for me and Mike Farrell and Mike Pismero. We'll just do an uh, endless loop. You know, they just constantly yeah, the just good get, enough podcast. That'll be yeah. Be shout out to the good years. enough. Well, that's not weird. Uh, it'll be coming <laughs> to the platform. Yeah, I did uh, next month or so. And that's it was it was interesting because I did a a, a podcast with you guys on that was yeah. last Saturday, and yeah. it's um it's just cool to this is where I see the value, and it goes back to what you were talking about with you know Chicago and different other hubs you know popping yeah. up is. I think there was a, I don't know how to, like, I, I don't know the term I'm looking for, but there was just a limited number. It was like musical chairs, I think. And, you know, especially in the entertainment industry where, you know, you, if you wanted to be an actor, you know, there was, you know, like two production, like movie places. I don't know what they called studios. They're like two studios. You know, there's like yeah. three television shows. There were, you know, three networks that you were trying to get on. And right. now I think it, the model has changed so much with the, you know, maturity of the internet <laughs> maturity. Well, the internet growing, yeah. um, <laughs> where you have these platforms where you can really right. make a television station, quote unquote, about yourself, you know, and people, yeah. you know, if you're interesting and talented, you'll, you know, people will, it, watch you they'll be interested and that's why yeah i want to have more time than ever people are looking for different things to watch or listen to or yeah whatever, so it's, uh... yeah for sure man so we're going to enter the part of the show where i completely randomize the questions here this is what i like to do these are called pod decks so <laughs> um it's a this is what the show is powered by so you okay. see it right here they're called pod decks mm. Um, so we're going to play, we're going to go five would you rathers and then five what the hecks. Okay. Okay. I feel like what this the, is, what the heck? this is fun to do because, you know, we talked about your acting and kind of your, your path to, to extreme oh. stardom <laughs> and, and, but this is uh, a little bit of a candid. Yeah. These are fun. These are fun. So All right. we'll, I'm just shuffling them up here. All right, here we go. So let's go. First one, first one up here. Um, we'll skip that one because you're <laughs> <laughs> you're engaged, First so that one wouldn't right, have made sense. Yeah. Ah. All right. Um, we don't need to start any fights on the show. Okay, here we go. Uh, would you rather blow your nose with sandpaper or use bubble wrap instead of toilet paper? Bubble wrap, hundred percent. Yeah. Sandpaper would. Yeah, I mean, 
least it feels, you know, it's not going to do as good of a job, but uh, at least it's more cushiony. Sandpaper on your nose, you're going to be bleeding after it. But if you don't move it, you know, if you just... You don't know. move it. Then you then you got snot nose. You, there's, I mean, I don't know how you blow your nose, but you got to get it out there somehow. I'm not good at nose. You're not getting out of there without a scratch nose. I'll tell you that. Well, from experience. Maybe that's no, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, one vote for sandpaper. All right. Yeah. Wait, so, <laughs> would you rather spend the night in a dumpster or a porta potty? Oh God. Dumpster. I think just because like porta potties creep me out, man. Staring into that blue abyss, not knowing what's in there. We've no been thing. to Bill's it's games. Like, we know what's going on. Looking in my background is what a porta potty is like. <laughs> Very true. I, I I feel you on that one. I uh, like yeah. I said, we've we've been to Bill's games. We know what's going on in porta potties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watching videos of people get tipped over in them. Oh, oh, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> would you rather wear adult diapers the rest of your life or never wear underwear again? I mean, I guess never wear underwear again because that's less gross than wearing an adult diaper all the time. <laughs> uh, if you're an astronaut, I, you know, if I was in space, I might go the diaper route because they have to wear them anyway. But, uh, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. These, these all seem to be very toilet-based, but I think it's just <laughs> yeah. a luck of the draw. Is it, yeah. it poo-dex or pod-dex? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be here all day, folks. Still got it. Would you rather have your face printed on money or your all own small town named in your honor? That's a good one. No toilet there. Small town for sure. Small town? Yeah, yeah. What do you think it'd be humble called? Man. Brian Bill? Man. I don't need to be on money. Um, <laughs> ECJville or not BJville. That, that, would, yeah, that's... that would come with a different demographic. <laughs> I think. You gotta pop that C in the middle. Man. Yeah, you gotta definitely yeah. keep it on brand, you know. You gotta be safe. Um, that question doesn't make sense, so we'll skip it. The question is, would you rather see Oprah or Arnold Schwarzenegger as the next U.S. president? But Arnold can't be president because he wasn't born here. Yeah, I'd still rather see Oprah for sure. She seems like she could really, uh, you know, be the closest of the two. We're not going to count that as question five because it's not real. All right. All right. Uh, I know the question of that one. <laughs> um, would you? All right, we'll skip that one. Let's find a good one here. Oh, me and Jenny got in a good com conversation about this one. Would you rather? Oh, no. Okay. no nope. Never mind. Nope. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Never be able to use search engines again or never use a smartphone app again. Um, I guess because I use my phone more. And I, well, search engines. That, that does apply to the smartphone, too. Yeah. Ah, that's tricky. That's tricky. I guess I'd rather have the search engine and give up on the apps. Really? Yeah, because uh, here's a loophole for you. Is you can get to a lot of apps using your search engine. Yeah. I just couldn't, like... I just figured it out. I use so many apps, like, for training and stuff. I just couldn't give them up. Yeah, I know. I, you know? I mean, I, to be real, we're at that could, but... point in the world that you can't get by doing without either. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if I really had to, I mean, I lived, like, 20 years yeah, before I mean, the phone was invented. making me not do this? Yeah. <laughs> that's more the question I want to answer. Pudex. Pudex are making you not Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, so let's let's move on to what the heck. These were good. I'm impressed. What the heck now? You, uh, you really nailed it. I'm impressed. 
Wait, yeah, some people just go pass next. You live with conviction, my friend. <laughs> this is pre-recorded, and I've already given them the questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, here we go. What the heck? So, have you ever accidentally texted the wrong person, and how did it turn out? Um. Yeah, I've done that a lot of times, and you always feel like a fool. And depending on who you, hopefully it's not anyone, like someone you know personally that uh, would be like, eh, whatever, it happens all the time. I figure just wanted to check and not like your boss or, you know, with something inappropriate. Like, I, I don't think I've ever been stupid enough to text something about someone to that person. I've always heard of that happening. It's a, it's a little tricky one, but thankfully I've avoided it. So in long story short, I have done it. But it's never really affected. Never blown life. up in your face. Never been a right, huge. Right, right. I, you know, my move. I've done. I do this quite often because I'm a moron. <laughs> um, I, I, I text the wrong people consistently. Um, yeah, yeah. But usually it's when I've had a couple pops, sure. and if someone responds that I like, because half the time I'll send a text and then forgot that I sent a text. Right. So right, then when right. I get a response from the person that I didn't mean to send it to, I look. I'm like, yeah. look at my phone. I'm like, what the hell? Why are they texting me? So yeah. then my move is I've ingrained it in myself. So now if they respond with like a question mark or like what, right. I just respond with a question mark and that pretty much just kills the conversation then because <laughs> <laughs> they're so confused in the situation. So there's oh, a life hack for you. comes up again. Yeah, there you go. there's a life hack for you, everybody. That's one way to do it. All right. So this question one. Question two. What is your favorite microwavable food? Oh, favorite micro. It's got to be... Gotta be hot pockets, right? Oh, I hate hot pockets. You like hot pockets? Yeah, they're all right. I mean, I don't eat them anymore. I don't know what I. I don't really cook anything in the uh, like, or in the uh, microwave. I just can't find that top and oven for me. I can't find that happy medium with hot pockets. It's either you gotta wait. Here's a good one: popcorn. That's popcorn. popcorn, That's a good one. That's a good one. Popcorn is one of those that you can't really do anywhere else unless you got like the Jiffy Pop. Who Uh, wants to do that? Not me. No. You're cooking. Yeah, it wants to do that. All right. So that's a good answer. I like that. See? Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, So when you were a kid, did you have any posters on your wall? And if you did, what were they? Well, I could look at them. No, I actually. (laughs) But um, I'm in my old bedroom as we speak right now. Uh, So one thing that caught Stephanie's eye were my two favorite posters were one was a WWF superstars um, from like the Attitude Era, you know, the prime time mm-hmm. uh, for my childhood. And then I randomly had a uh, Orlando Magic uh, <laughs> with Shaq, Petty Hardaway, Nick Anderson, like that whole team. Cause I loved Penny and Shaq. Uh, and so I just got a poster, I guess. I, I mean, whenever I think Brian Johnson, Brian Charles yeah. Johnson, I think, you know, he's a big Penny Shaq guy. You know, that's Dude, the first I thing. Was, man. You know, when Shaq was on the uh, the leader Pepsis, man, that was a big time for me. You know what I always think about is those teams in the 90s, like those brand exactly. new teams like them, their yeah. marketing teams were freaking brilliant. Oh, man, they're crazy. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, I was a huge, huge fan, I guess. Of, I don't really remember it too much, but I do remember loving Shaq and Penny. And then uh, when Penny had the the commercials with Chris Rock as the puppet, as little yep, Penny. Yep, yeah, yeah, the, it looked like a marionette, right? Okay. Yep, yep, yeah, yep, I remember yep. those, yep. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think those that was pretty much the main two. There was like a, a Jordan one behind the door too. So. Who didn't have a Jordan poster? But it was like a right? it was like a Space Jam one though. So. Oh, that's pretty yeah. sweet. That'd be sweet if you still had that. Yes. How do you feel about them remaking it? it? Did you not watch stand it? the test of time. Uh, the new one, yeah, of course, I'll watch it. It won't be anywhere near the same, but hopefully it's cool enough and different that uh, it'll be good. Nice. Yeah, I think it will. LeBron loses, blames all the Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Wayne Knight can, and Bill Murray can somehow be in them. That would be a, I bet they figured out how to get him in there. Yeah, I come bet. On. All right, so if you had to pick a new name for yourself, what would you pick? I don't know. I wouldn't want to pick another. I mean, I guess that that's pretty funny because uh, a lot of actors use different names, but I've never understood that for myself um, and lucked out with Brian Charles Johnson sounding like it fits together. I like I'm it, yeah. I'm staying, standing my ground, sticking to my guns. You want to be like Byron Chris Jackson? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. Okay. It makes me sound pretentious. Yeah, that one doesn't really flow off the tongue either. So, yeah, yeah, right, right. All right. Uh, do you have a favorite T-shirt? And if so, what does it, What what's on it or what does it say? I can't read. Um, we'll start that again. Yeah. Do you have a favorite T-shirt? If so, what's on it or what does it say? Yeah. Okay. So my favorite T-shirt, my buddy Rob Bennett, uh, who makes handprints his own T-shirts in New York City. Um, his he's amazing, uh, and his latest couple that I've gotten um, are he started doing this thing, uh, like with one celebrity as multiple celebrities um, in a band together like it's different versions of that same actor from like different movies there's like five different pictures or That's five cool. different bodies right. on a band logo and it's like the first one he did was the Jeff and the Goldblums <laughs> and it's all Jeff Goldblum faces on like I think he found a Beatles picture and put his head on all of the members of the band. Um, People are so creative. That's what. And then he's got a Bill Murray one. That's um, it's like Bill Murray's Lonely Hearts Club band, and it's it's Bill Murray from different uh, movies. Uh, his head. What a creative idea! Head. I like that a yeah. lot. That's Woody. Yeah. So he's got some pretty cool. But I mean, half of my wardrobe is his stuff, and then which he's useless creations on Facebook. Um, and we can drop the link in the Instagram comments. Bob. Like, yeah, uh, it's yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, uh, 26 shirts, which, you know, I don't know if you've talked about it on here before, but the uh, charity based yep. organization run by Dell Reed. So uh, that's pretty much my entire t shirt wardrobe. <laughs> it's a good lead in, by the way. We got big news coming out for 26 shirts, but oh, that's for another time. Yeah. Um, that and show uh, show the people watching right now the uh, the shirt that you got on right now. It says I am the Blizzard Queen, uh, which is a, a deep cut reference to a Simpsons episode where Lisa drinks the water at Duff Gardens and goes kind of crazy. Um, but uh, this artist on on Instagram uh, mashes up Simpsons and the Bills because you can see the Zuba on the blanket here. She usually she says the quote is I am the Lizard Queen. But they just popped a B and an extra Z. Buffalo Blizzard. And for those listening, yeah, it's Lisa yeah, Simpson with like a Buffalo Bills Zubas oh, yeah. like poncho on. So so uh, there's right. a whole thing going on there. It's wonderful. I love it. That's right. 
Well, BJ, it's been or Brian, sorry, Brian Charles Johnson or nah, BCJ. <laughs> uh, it's been an hour, fifteen minutes, man. So All I right. um, always like to, you know, finish up here with anything that you'd like to add. Anyone who's listening to this that you know maybe has acted in the past or any advice that for people that are acting now. I mean, what what do you want to wind up with here? Any last words here? Um, I mean, it all starts from you believing in yourself. So, I mean, if you believe you can do something, then don't let anyone tell you that you can't and work as hard as you can to make yourself happy. You know, short to the point and wise words from a wise man. That's right. I appreciate you coming on. You stay on the zoom call. I'm going to end the broadcast right here. Love you as always, brother. And we'll talk soon. Love you too, bro. Go Bills. Go Bills. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Go for the Goldie podcast, and I hope you really enjoyed that one. We're really expanding our reach into different, um, you know, different areas. So um, we're going to have a lot more exciting stuff coming uh, with musicians, actors, and uh, entrepreneurs. Is going to be another, uh, you know, adventure that we're going to go go down. Uh, so thanks for listening yet again and i did want to share with you i made an announcement uh today that i am going to be participating in the david goggins challenge of four by four by 48 and what that means is uh four hours i'm sorry uh, four miles every four hours for 48 hours so it's going to be pretty crazy but um, i'm doing it to support uh courage of carly fund um, at Roswell Park Cancer Institute to support children's uh, fight against cancer. So I, uh, you know, I'm doing it for a great cause, and I really look forward to, um, you know, just just putting everything I have into this this fight. So if you go to www.goforthegoldie.com, you'll see the banner at the top of the page. If you click on that, it'll bring you right to the donate page. So. We're off to a hot start as I speak. As a couple hours ago, we put it up. We're at $475 raised already. So we're going to knock this out of the park, guys. But have a great day. Stay inspired. Keep grinding out there, everybody. And once again, I remind you, go for the Goldie. Bye-bye.